Like, I don't care because I don't play it. And it has spawned some funny memes. But it does seem to be, like, actually affecting people's lives in negative ways to some degree. Yeah. Which isn't good. Because whenever, when it comes to hobbies and things of that nature, I always say, hey, man, if it, if it's, if you enjoy it and it's not hurting anybody, who cares? It's good. Good for right. you. But in this case, is it hurting people? Kind of? I mean. So, I don't know. All right. So, how? Well, people basically kind of, you know, getting into accidents, uh, playing the game while driving. Yeah. A reckless uh, endangerment of public safety. And also just general like loitering and just making businesses kind of uncomfortable in a lot of ways. So yeah, it is hurting people in some some ways. Mm. Uh, not not to the point where it's like you know like rambunctious or anything like that, but it does have a negative effect. Obviously, there's some positive effects that I mean. Uh, the biggest one that the crowd will bring up is something like, oh, it, uh, it makes you walk around, get some exercise, and see the neighborhood. Uh, maybe. Frequent, frequent some local area uh, businesses and stuff. That's good, but I'm 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 curious if that's enough because we'll see how far this thing goes. Well, luckily I can't play it. Your phone's not compatible. You said. Yeah, my phone is running on four point three, and not and it requires four point four or higher. I um, I think I have an S S yeah S five. Yeah. So I think I can probably play it, but like I said, I don't care to play. I don't even play real Pokemon games. Why would I play this crap? <laughs> Doesn't seem. That, my thing is, yeah, that's that's my thing is like I will play Pokemon Moon. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm willing to give that a try, um, but nah, I I know about how Pokemon Go works, and it's. It's too shallow for my taste. I, I don't even know how it works, to be honest with you. I know it, you know you walk around because oh, this area may have a Pokemon in it, mm-hmm. and then you walk up to it. You have to be in some type of vicinity of it in order yeah. to capture it. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you capture it. You, it's remember that game. Should we save all this stuff for the podcast? Hey, buddy, I'm recording. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> Because, uh, uh, you know, we didn't do the introduction, uh, introductions and stuff, so I didn't even know. But regardless, going back, so what you do is that you hold a Pokeball and then you flick it. Kind of like that uh, game where you, uh, it was actually one of the earliest mobile games, where you flip that little piece of garbage into the garbage can. Okay. Remember that? It's kind of like that, but you aim it and put the Pokemon. And so, then the, so there's a potential it. to miss it? Yeah, and then you waste the Pokeball. Um, but the thing is, there's these things called Poke Stops, I believe. Okay. And what it does is that it just gives you free items and like a rolls and like like chance to get some stuff, including Pokeballs. So typically speaking, if you walk around a lot, if you go buy a lot of these Poke Stops that give you these free items, you'll be able to get enough like Pokeballs to kind of last you a while without having to use the um, the micromanagement store. Mm-hmm. A micro transaction, transaction store. store. Yeah, micromanagement. Um, <laughs> I know, right? Mm-hmm. You have to really micromanagement your spending. Yeah, but uh, from what I've been told, you can probably play this game without spending any money uh, if you're, you know, pretty casual. But if you do want to just go around catching everything you see and maybe level up your Pokemon even more, then you need to buy like dusts and stuff. The thing that gets me is that you don't fight other Pokemon to get the Pokemon. 
because that's how it's always worked since the very beginning. Yeah, you 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 get you a Pokemon, you have mm-hmm. to fight it and weaken it, and then you have a better success rate of capturing one when you use a Pokeball. No, you just you just toss it and pray, more or less, unless you have like a like a higher quality Pokeball, which has a high percentage chance and all that jazz. Um, so the only time you fight, I believe, is during the gym fights. Where you go to where a gym is located, and whoever has conquered that gym, gym will like basically leave a, leave a Pokemon or something like that there to guard it, and you have to fight it, and maybe a couple others depending on the like the levels and stuff like that it is at, and um, all you do is you just basically tap on the screen, tap on the screen to attack, and you hold the screen for like a special attack. So it's very very limited, and what you can do as far as actual combat goes, there's no like. There's no like real strategy involved. I suppose you can have something like weaknesses, you know, depending on what the Pokemon types are. Yeah. But you know, you had a lot of different attacks that you could teach your Pokemon in in the original games. So oh, absolutely. And they were all they... elemental and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. you know, um, they do learn stuff in this game, but it's kind of automatic. You don't really do a lot of stuff, from what I've been told. But that's what I mean. All you're doing basically is just going around um, capturing Pokemon whenever they come up. Uh, you go to Pokestops to get new free stuff. You go to the gyms to see if you can topple the guy, whoever is in control. And there's three factions. Uh, Valor, Mystic, and Instinct. And based on the memes, I guess Instinct is like the short bus of the three factions. I don't know why that is or how that came to be. But they always make fun of Instinct. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why. Maybe there's like, a, there's like a thing within the game that I'm not sure of. But uh, yeah, that's it. Basically, that's that's what the game is. That's basically all there is to it. Very simple, right? Uh, I will play Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll try out the new one. I've never... I played... I've started to play the original games, uh, Red. Mm-hmm. I tried to play, I think, uh, Pearl. I tried to play the new one that came out on 3DS. Um, and then the remake of the Red Again on 3ds. Fire red. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I I maybe play like an hour or two. I get bored, and I stop playing. I'm thinking like I I'll get hooked eventually. It feels like a game that should be right up my alley, but then I start playing, I just get bored and I stop playing. I mean, it's I, it's like a simplistic version of of a Shin Megami Tensei game. Um, true to to you know to some degree, I think there's probably more Pokemon to capture than there are demons. The, the, there are. The the thing is, is that what I've always done, I've played Pokemon for years now. I, I started with Pearl on the mm-hmm. DS um, and have played, I, I guess I've played every one of them since. Um, it's it's one of those things where you, you will get a team so you can carry six Pokemon at a time and uh, you'll, you'll finally get your team. And that will be the ones you raise up because in the original Pokemons up until like black, Pokemon black and white, mm-hmm. um, th- there were you, – you, if you didn't use that Pokemon in battle, you, it didn't get experience points. Um, then they came, they've always had the experience share item which you could give to one Pokemon. So even though it was an item that they held. So even though – um, you didn't use that Pokemon in battle, it would get experience points from it. Mm-hmm. In the recent ones, I think in Pokemon, it was either Black or Black 2 
or it, it might have even been in the X and Y, the newest ones. Um, they introduced the, the experience share really early on in the game, and it was something that you could just turn on and off, and everybody in your party got experience, no matter if they play, fought in the battle or not. Good. That seems like a modern RPG uh, mechanic that basically every game should have. Really, it was it was fantastic because oh. in the in the original games or the older games, you know, it it was a grind and a half. And the problem is, is that you couldn't just you can't just you got the most experience from fighting trainers, and those were you could only do those so many times. Eventually, when you fought a trainer, you couldn't rechallenge them again. Right. So you eventually would end up having to grind in the wild grass and stuff like that, and you're fighting these weak, weak Pokemon that doesn't give much experience points. And you can't like rechallenge gym leaders and stuff like that. So it was it was kind of difficult to actually, you know, level up your Pokemon. And the the whole thing about catching them all, you know, is that only certain Pokemon you can only get through evolution. Mm-hmm. And most of them only evolve after they hit a certain level. So, but there's other Pokemon that, you know, it only evolve whenever you use a certain type of stone with them or if you traded them with another person, stuff like that. Right. Well, to be fair, I mean, we talk about Shin Megami Tensei. Those games also have that problem with the demons not within your party getting experience. Yeah. Uh, I think that's also a grind. But to me, I think... From a visual aspect, I think uh, it's it's more of a mature game, you know, the SMT games in yeah. general. Oh yeah. Um, and also the idea of having to like bargain with the demons and how fickle they can be. I have always found that aspect uh, to be quite entertaining, and I'm really glad Persona Five is actually bringing that back because Persona games, as good as they have been, they've lost some of the touches that really made uh, Shin Megami Tensei interesting in the first place. Yeah, and that's one of the things that they they did um, the bargaining with the demons to recruit them into your party. Well, yeah, it's always fantastic. Persona three and and four basically the 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 demons were basically Pokemon. You just you just got them. Um, you know? Yeah, you got them in cards or whatever you did. Yeah, you just found just them. Used them. Yeah, yeah. And but I remember playing um, Persona two, um, mm-hmm. and you know. You would run into demons, and you would have to convince them to to join your party. Yeah. And most of the time, you pissed them off, and they just fought you anyway. Yeah. You can even bribe them. They can give you items. There's all these options. And depending on the uh, personality of the demon, they don't always respond the same way. Yeah. They're very fickle. So even if you chose the same exact dialogue choice against the same exact looking demon, they might respond to you completely differently. Yeah. Which is which is neat. The um, uh, I was reintroduced to that because it had been a long time since I played Persona Two, um, but uh, I was actually reintroduced to that whole mechanic from uh, Devil Survivor because they added that back into Devil Survivor. Yeah, the all the mainline Shin Megami Tensei games have it. That's not uh, that's not Persona basically. If you play the DS and the 3DS one, they also have that same thing as well. Uh, there's a new 3DS uh, Shin Megami Tensei game coming out too. The expansion to whatever the first one was called, Shin Megami Tensei Four. Yeah, um, that one looks interesting. I don't know how that that will that will do, but did you like Four? Yeah, I did. I did too. Cool. I, I really liked. It. I reviewed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually still have it on my 3DS. Um, every once in a while, I may blow it back up. <laughs> did you beat it? That game's hard, man. That, that game's hard as shit. Um, yeah. And uh, 
I was able to cheese it because I kept my DS with me and just walked around. And mm-hmm. every time I died, I would spend my walking points. Yeah, that was a thing. I didn't. I didn't know. What do you do? Did you just get your life back or something? Well, yeah, because when you died in Shin Megami Tensei Four, um, you, you would go to the River Styx, oh, and there right. was there was that guy who was like, "Well, I'm either going to take you to hell, or you can pay me, and you could pay in in-game money, or you could use the coins that you earn from walking around." Right. With the DS. And I had like so many stacked up. So I'd just pay him with those coins. And you know the you know the thing about those kind of mechanics and you know like Pokemon Go and a lot of mobile games have the same thing where based on your movement and steps they give you some kind of resource, right? And one of the things is that you can hatch eggs or something by walking around and you get experience or whatever. Um isn't there like isn't there like a machine that's designed specific leave for that purpose where you just put in whatever device you have whether it's 3ds or your phone and then it'll just make it seem like it's moving and you just leave it on for like an hour and then it'll think that it's been basically walking around for an hour probably that possible yeah i i've never seen a device that does that specifically do you know of one i don't think there is one i kind of want to make one and patent it i think it will sell for billions uh you know they had a pedometer for pokemon mm. at one time um, and I used it. Yeah. Um, cause you could train a Pokemon. You could basically level it up once by how many, how many steps and then you could transfer it from the pedometer back to your game. That's um, pretty good. So yeah. figure like how many lazy people there are, you know, just wanting to like level up their shit and just wanting to expedite it. And you can't really do that too well. So, you know, just, just buy a device, just put it on there overnight and all of a sudden, all your things are like super leveled up and maxed out. Uh, it's kind of like a cheat engine to some degree. Yeah. But at the same time, if you make the device do that and also charge your phone at the ta- same time or your device, I think that's a good idea. I should mm-hmm. look into that pattern in that. Yeah. Mm. We can't put out this podcast anymore, Drew. I know. People got to know my ideas. I can't. I can't allow that. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah. yeah, so uh, uh, a late title card. Hey, everybody, oh, welcome to uh, welcome to Phoenix Down. Uh, this is an intermission show with uh, Jay Lee and me, and I, I should say, bad grammar. Um, and we're just gonna be talking. Uh, Matt is still in the UK currently, and uh, hopefully next week we will be recording another episode of Trails of Cold Steel. But uh. Yeah, we're just we're just bullshitting. Yeah, we're just just shooting the shit more or less. You know, this is kind of the conversation we'd be having normally. Yeah, if we're playing a game or something. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're just talking about Pokemon Go because it is basically the new hotness right now. That is the man that is taking over the yeah. internet by storm. More more uh, active users and downloads than Tinder or some crap like that. Or yeah, that's and Tinder's been around for a while. So yep. Uh, kind of crazy. It is. It is. I mean, people were anticipating it to be big, but like Nintendo stock prices went up like eight <laughs> percent over the course of one week, um, among other things. And it's just man. And then they they're making like what one point six million dollars per day off of this game. It's insane. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's kind of disheartening, man. Like. You're, let's say you're like an independent developer, right? You're making games. You're pouring your soul out. You're, you're making these games with these intricate stories, characters, and gameplay elements. 
and you sell like 10,000 copies uh, after spending like four years of your life making it. Right. And uh, 10,000 copies, you know, it's not it's nothing to laugh at, honestly. It's actually pretty good if you're an indie developer that's kind of unknown. But out of that, you know, think about how much time, investment that you took and the money that you'll actually get in return. It just – everything else that you can do in game development seems to just, just seem completely insignificant when it comes to, like, Goliath, like, mobile game stuff. Right. It's it's it's, it's – um, I mean, good on them for being successful, but at the same time, I do kind of feel bad for everyone else. It's like, what's the point? Just make mobile games, I guess. That seems to be the way to... That's what Square's been doing, right? They've been just pumping out their licenses to mobile companies, making, you know, throwing out Final Fantasy name on like five or six different mobile games, making bank on their subsidiaries. Uh (laughs) <laughs> well, Konami and stuff like that. I'm sure they have a bunch of mobile games too, along with their pachinko stuff. Yes. I I get it. You know, I I get the idea, the allure of free to play games. You download it; it's free. <laughs> it's free, yay! But the the free has a connotation that people don't understand. Free to play games have this element that's like psychological warfare, where the game is designed. From the bottom up to make you want to spend money. Yeah. And it tries to hook the people that's most vulnerable to things like gambling. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if you know it, but most of the earnings from these mobile games come from like the top 2% of spenders. And those people spend like thousands of dollars oh, yeah. a year on those games. And everyone else in between, if they spend like maybe fifty dollars a month, it doesn't. They don't. They don't care about those people. They don't care about people that play uh, to free to play, and just don't spend any money at all. But when you have those people that go up towards ten thousand, and some people, I I I read an article where this guy spent over sixty thousand dollars on one of the top rated mobile games, and like kind of his confessions about going into debt, and it's not like the rich people. That's these people are just kind of addicted and they can't help themselves. Yeah. And it's illegal to gamble in the U.S., you know, in most states, uh, especially over the Internet. It's kind of frowned upon. And these mobile games, we have no regulations on them at all. And they they can pull in so much money and just kind of basically attach themselves to these vulnerable people. With Maybe, maybe they're having some issues in their real life. They're kind of trying to escape. Maybe it makes them, like, happy to spin something, maybe win something once in a while. Yeah. And then they go after these people, and it's the whole the whole idea of it. It's I get it; it's legal, but to me, it's uh it's morally bankrupt in a lot of ways the way they do it. Because this man, this is this shit is designed. It's not by accident. Yeah, that these things happen. Yeah. It's yeah. That I mean, thinking about it that way, it's kind of crazy, you know, because it's mm. it's one of those things where you're never really done. With it, no, you know what I mean. Never, never. And um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that, that's the thing is like, um, I played a a free to play game, mobile game, uh, for a long time, Puzzles and Dragons. Um, and I, I will be the first to say, I I think I put, I never put more than like probably two three bucks in it. Uh huh. Um, but I I that is the one and only free to play game I've ever put money into. Um, you only put two, three dollars total. Yeah. 
oh, that's that's like that's pretty significant. That's good. I mean, the the thing the thing about it is is was like you know what I've played this game for like twenty hours. Mm-hmm. Sure, I'll give them a little bit of money. You know, and it was one of those things where it, I was at a fight, and if you die, you can say, well, use one of your um, God, I can't remember what it's called. It, it's like a stone, some kind of stone uh-huh. to to retry that fight. And the the and the the enemy doesn't regain its health. So I was like, okay, yeah, I can beat this fight. I was at the end of the fight, you know. I just died, um, and I didn't have any of those stones. So I bought a pack of those stones, and then finished the fight. And I was like, you know, it's not that bad. But I was see, like, that's see, but that's, that, that's fine. But that's how like that's how they get you. Yeah, that's this. It becomes a slippery slope because yeah. after you make that one purchase, your credit card information is on there. It's so easy. You just got to click on one thing and just then you click can a buy button. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I will also confess that I I also played a free to play game which I've spent money in. I'm actually still do. Uh, I play Final Fantasy Record Keeper. Oh, I play Record Keeper. Yeah, I I play that because obviously you know I'm a big fan of the Final Fantasy series. It's very nostalgic, and I feel like I have put enough time into the game at this point where I can just kind of beat everything. I think total, um, I think I might have spent maybe about twenty, thirty bucks overall mm-hmm. uh, on these thing called hundred gem pulls, where you spend kind of like a dollar or more or less to do like a pull to see if you can get like a good relic or something. Right. So I've done that. I've done that maybe twenty times, and then after one point, they actually basically fuck the community uh, in one very slimy way. Uh, what happened is that um, there's a record keeper uh, Reddit, right? Uh, FFRK, you know, slash R, whatever. Okay. And what they do is that they basically collect the data from users um, on their polls, see, like, how many people polled, how, what the percentage of the relic was and stuff like that. And there was one very popular and hyped-up relic... Uh, uh, fest coming up for Final Fantasy Tactics, and there was a lot of powerful items in this rel- uh, in this banner, so people were pulling like crazy. So we're talking, you know, like tens of thousands of people pulling pulling for this uh, items, and in this one banner, because the items were powerful, they decided to change the rate at where the at which the item drops from two percent to one percent. Mm. And even lower than one percent to some degree, and then increase something else that's undesirable to a higher percentage, just for that one banner. And they denied it, even though we had the math, we had the statistics to prove that they did. They denied it. Uh, they never rectified it. And the thing is, they could do that anytime they want. It's Absolutely. kind of on them. Yeah. So like, but we have to trust the developers to stay consistent. With their kind of uh, with their drop rates, otherwise, you know, it's it's just fucking hell, you know, hellfire and brimstone. Because let's say something really popular comes along, and then they decided to make it 0.1 percent, and then people are just going to keep pulling to try to get that one thing, and they make a whole lot of money. Yeah. So because of that fact, and because of their lack of uh, transparency, me and a lot of other people in the community said like, well, we're not gonna, we're no longer gonna spend any money on this game until they become transparent. They implement a bunch of changes that came to the Japan server. And then that's basically where I'm at, where I haven't spent like a dime on that game in like six months or something like that. Like I plan to keep it that way. I load it up sometimes. I do the event battles when they come on. And then that's it. I don't spend any money on it. But um, you can't trust them, man. You really can't. Because their basic idea is to make money and their idea to make money is to screw you over. That's what my dad has always said uh, when it came to gambling. He's like, uh, you can't ever beat a man at his own game. Mm. 
And you know that's that's the, that's the truth. You can't beat a man in his own game. And that the, and the they, hustle always wins, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's the thing. Is like you, you you can't. They they give you just enough to make you keep coming. The, you know you know this actually harkens back to a funny conversation I had. It's like you know the only fair game. Uh, my friend was saying the only fair game you can play is roulette. You know you just choose black or white and it's fine. Uh, was it black and red? Is that right? Black and red, yeah. Black and red. It's like you get a fifty-fifty. I was like, but what about the zero? But what about the zero? He's like, oh shit. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Doesn't seem like much, but statistically speaking, you will always lose every single game. So yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Fuck gambling in particular. I but... just yeah. I don't know that gambling is unless it's some type of skill based, and even then. Mm-hmm. You, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, and then we had that whole hubbub about the CSGO lotto people and the YouTube personalities and shit. I don't – like I have yet to even look into that. What what happened oh, there? I saw uh, news articles but I never read any of them. OK. Um, the basic facts are such, OK? Mm-hmm. So there's these people on YouTube, very popular um, yeah. CSGO players. And they put out some videos said uh, making a lot of money or making making money or getting rare skins with CSGO Lotto, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they did some things where they basically bet their their rare skins and then they won big, right? It's like a roulette thing. It's supposed to be randomized and you have a chance to win or lose, whatever, right? And you get these rare skins, which can be traded for a heck of a lot of money. Right. And, you know, I mean, it goes to your Steam account, but... You know that's still that's still you know money that you can spend on goods and services, uh, especially if you decide to actually take those codes and say like, hey, you know, do do you know, you go to a forum and say, hey, you want to buy a copy of this game? I'll take you know, a half of the half of the amount that it actually costs, and you actually get real money. Yeah, there's there's ways to launder Steam stuff. I've, exactly. I've seen it myself. Right. So, and then these people were just kind of advertising the site and talking about how like you know how easy it is to do. And a lot of their fan base, by the way, is, is, is young. Like we're talking – their main fan base is like 16, 17-year-olds, you know? Okay. Not not old enough to gamble, certainly. Uh, probably not even old enough to own their own credit cards maybe. So you have these people. And then it turned out that the website that they were hyping up was actually owned by these people. Of course. Oh, my they God. Never, they never disclosed the fact that they they had any kind of ownership of these websites. <laughs> During the things, and it is not proven yet or not, but when they were winning big, they had complete and utter control over the results. Oh, I'm sure. So what what would you figure? You know, like, yeah, there's no proof that they rigged the system to make it look like they're winning all the time, or they didn't. Even even then, yeah. they're paying themselves. They're literally paying themselves. I mean, that, it doesn't matter. You know, it's like, oh, even if I, even if I didn't win big... Well, I didn't really lose that item because it's going to my account. You know, I mean, that's, that's dumb. I mean, oh, my God. Yeah. The, the fact that they didn't disclose it in, like, a huge fucking thing at the very beginning, everywhere, every two seconds. I mean, you're not even supposed to be, like, advertising your own shit like that anyway uh, without, you know, putting the putting the fact forward. So, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of disillusioned a lot of their fans. Like, they have, like, multiple millions of subscribers, man, on YouTube. So you have all these people, gullible, you know, they might be, but they were misled. You know, it's not their fault that they didn't know any better. Yeah. So that's the whole hubbub. Um, and there, there's like a lawsuit involved now. I don't, uh, I hope they lose everything that they have <laughs> and more. 
Um, those that's some of the some of the shittiest things I've ever heard on the internet as far as like YouTube celebrities go. Uh, there's there's there needs to be like an accountability when it comes to that because they have you know like how do you how do you sleep with yourself at night, man? Like fuck, you have actual people who like you who like listen to what you have to say, and then you lie to them to exploit them for for monetary gain. That's that makes me sick just thinking about it that that's, people do that. I mean that's this world, man. That's just crazy. Uh, but yeah, I, I hate I hate that stuff. I don't like talking about it, but uh, it does exist, and we're, we're we are talking about gambling, so so that's a thing. Um, but uh, well, my actual intention when I came on um, with, with this information is actually I was gonna say like, yeah, dude, if you have any uh, questions about trails, I'm here. Yeah, let's go. All right, the series, uh, the game, uh, you know, Steel Sky, whatever. Uh, what what? Here. So what games have you played in the Legend of Heroes series? Okay, I played obviously Steel. Yeah. I've also played uh, Trails in the Sky one and two. I'm waiting to play three. Three hasn't came out yet, has it? Well, everything came out in Japan ages ago, but right. uh, we're waiting on a 2017 PC release. Uh, they're um, they're sad that they can't bring out the PSP version, but it makes total sense because the PSP is dead. Yeah. Uh, even if even if they can market it as a Vita game, it's not a true Vita game because the PSP port. Um, but either way, I played uh, Trails in the Sky 1 and 2, I played Steel, and uh, I didn't play of the other series that takes place in Crossbell, which is Zero no Kiseki, um, and I didn't play that series, and there's two games of that. So there is three games of this series before the Olden Age, the, the Kiseki series, right. which is kind of the translation for Trails, right? There, there's, there is Trails in the Sky 1, 2, 3... Zero, zero, no Kiseki one and two, and then the Trails in the Cold Steel one, two, and three. Okay. And three is not out yet in Japan or here otherwise. Uh, two came out in Japan. It's two should be coming out, I think, in what September this year. Uh, yeah, September of this year. Yeah. So I've only played the two games so far, but I read up on some of the other stuff uh, from the other arcs. But I am hoping that after they finish. The third game in the Trails in the Sky series, they'll start bringing out the uh, Zero no Kiseki series on Steam, which would be really exciting for me. And well, basically all of the all the fans are in. Yeah, I looked up some screenshots of Trails in the Sky, and I looked and I was like, "Wow, this looks like an old ass game." It is an old ass game. And I was just like, "But didn't this game come out like just a, like four years ago?" No. <laughs> <laughs> in the United States, oh yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize how that. old these games were. Yeah, I did. You know, it, it kind of reminds me a bit of like, like when I was first introduced to Lunar, which uh, was yeah, like, yeah. which was like in the early two thousands on the PlayStation mm-hmm. One, and um, and I was like, oh, this game looks really old. That's because it really is. It was came out like ninety five. <laughs> so, yeah, those those games. Uh, well, the thing about Lunar games is that they use a pixel art. Yeah, and I think in general pixel art um, age better than 3D art. And oh, yeah. uh, uh, Trails in the Sky used 3D, so it it hasn't even it has even aged even worse. But uh, the first game actually came out in 2006, dude, on PSP in Japan. Trails in the Sky. Yeah, so that's 10 years ago it came out. Yeah. So that's we got that game five years after the fact. Yeah. So. Uh, we've been trying to get these games out of here, but dude, I'm I'm so glad that we're getting you know the Cold Steel games. We're getting the third game. We've gotten the second game after that huge delay. Have they so already I confirmed think we're gonna that the get third old. game is coming? 
uh, well, to me, it's like it sounds. It seems like a given, right? Well, They're doing the first two. Think, but did Cold Steel sell really well over here? Cold Steel one actually did pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Um. Well, I don't know the exact sales because you know the the fucking sales <laughs> statistics are always very unreliable. But from a popularity standpoint, uh, from Axis, they they are very happy with the how Cold Steel uh, did, especially given how you know PS3 was basically dead. Yeah. When this game came out so. Uh, yeah, Cold Steel Two, probably the last, the last excellent PS3 game. Do you think? Do you think Cold Steel Three will be PS4? Uh, I'm I'm fairly certain it'll be PS4 and Vita most likely. Okay. Yeah, because they fucking love Vita over there in Japan. I'm 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 down for Cold Steel. Yeah, no, that uh, was. Yeah, man. I haven't finished it yet, but I mean. It's, far, fine. it's finally ramping. It's finally ramping up. I'm I'm just now starting chapter six. Chapter six. Um, remind me what does chapter six entail? I I haven't started it yet. But like, what, what did you end up in chapter five? That was Laura's village, right? Uh, yeah, Laura's village, and then we went uh-huh. to basically, you know, a little bit of spoilers for the next episode. We finally returned to the beginning of the game. Ah, uh, yes, yes. And we yeah. we see what happens there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was when I was like, okay, finally we're, we're ramping stuff up because truth be told, cold steel, the first 20 hours, nothing really happens. It's, well, it's mainly it's, character development, yeah, which yeah. is fine. But you know, in, in a game where you're spending 20 hours, I want to see the main villains, you know, I want to see at least some of that. And we didn't even get introduced to them until like chapter four. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Come on, you know." I was like, "I'm I'm 20 hours in this game, and I haven't even seen the villains yet." Uh, this this game this game takes no shortcuts. Everything and, uh, must be done in this proper order. Yeah, with, with enough time in development for all of it. Um, and then, then you it, know, I told Matt on the last episode, and I still feel this way. I don't think we're going to have any type of resolution at the end of Cold Steel One. Resolution in what way? I mean, I, I, I think, I think our three main villains are are still going to be alive, and they're still they're we're going to have them cornered, and then they're going to escape, and then Cold Steel will take place. <laughs> let let that laughter be a for for forbidding sign for you, because the things that you said sounds like it might be true, and it might be true, but. Yeah, you'll see. Um, there's a there's a reason why I like this game, man. It's like uh, it's not it's it's not quite that predictable. But um, yeah, I'm not gonna say anything in particular. Yeah, you'll have to see for yourself. I'm only two chapters away, so. Hey, hey man, you you'll have to see. So, do you know? Do you understand like uh, why these like was it uh, Liberation Front or whatever they call themselves? Yeah, the uh, the God, what is it? The something Liberation Front. Um, Kingdom Liberation? No, it's not Kingdom. It's yeah. Well, whatever they might be, do you understand their motivation and what they're trying to accomplish? Not yet. Okay. I mean, I know, I know, that I have a vague idea. They keep saying they want to take they they want to take something away from from this tyrant, and we don't exactly know who this tyrant is. Well, who's your who's the who's the guess? Or who the tyrant might be. It's the guy who he's the the, the viscount, whatever his name is. The guy who looks like an evil bad guy. 
even though he's supposedly on our side. The guy who's who's over Gramps. She keeps calling him Gramps. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that guy. From the intelligence agency. Chancellor, right? The Chancellor, yeah. 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 Um, the thing about Erebonia is that it's kind of um, – it's kind of like Britain in a lot of ways where, yeah, you have these royalty, right? You have the king and stuff like that. You have they the don't people, really rule. But they don't really rule. They kind of oversee. They're kind of there as figureheads. The Chancellor is the one who holds the power. Mm-hmm. So when they are talking about the tyrant, yeah, they are talking about the chancellor, and he's not just called the chancellor; he's like the chancellor of like, like what, blood and iron or some shit. Yeah, he's he's the he he runs the iron and blood mm-hmm. uh, core, who is like Milliam and I think uh, the girl who runs the the uh, train police, uh, um, Claire, I believe. Claire, yeah, yeah, and then the guy who is the uh, intelligence. Guy, the scarecrow. What I can't mm-hmm. remember what they call him. What his name is. So very talented individuals with very specific sets of skills. It's. It sounds like the fucking foxhound unit. It <laughs> <laughs> basically is. It basically, but but one of the yeah. thing. The thing is, is one of the foxhound units is working with us. Yeah. You know, Milliam is is in our party now. Yeah. Uh, um. The thing about Milliam is that like, I I don't I think just like you guys said like I think she's way too hyper and annoying. Mm-hmm. But she injects a certain kind of energy into the group that's not really there presently. So I don't mind her too much. And also, she's amazing in combat. Have you used her? I've used her, yeah. Her S-Brick hits everything. Yeah, well, There's I... No range. Yeah, I've also used, um... Oh, God, Instructor Sarah's S-Brick. Oh, yeah. Well, it, it decimates everybody, too. Well, but, you know, Sarah. Sarah's not a character you get to have for very long. This is true. Yeah. But um yeah it, it's it's interesting um there's characters that I I can't stand to use in combat even though I don't mind them um like I, like I, I think Alyssa is useless oh yeah dude Alyssa's actually really powerful <sighs> every time she did anything it kind of sucked you're 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 um you're stuck using you've stuck with using Elliot all along right but Alyssa is a secondary support. That's comparable to Elliot in a lot of ways, but Elliot has that like you know obviously regenerating health thing. Yeah, resounding Lisa, beat, man. That fucking wrecks. it's amazing. It's amazing yeah. given, but Elisa has a lot of negating damage instead of healing. Yeah, and once you get the hang of using her in that way, she actually becomes very powerful. I don't think there's a character that's like bad in the game as far as gameplay goes. Yeah, but I think um, like when you're leveling up gems and stuff like that, like when you give Milliam the thing that lets her regenerate. Um, her S craft based on how many enemies she kills. I've got that on Rain right now. Uh, think about it. You give that to Milliam, and you wipe an entire battlefield with like six, seven enemies, and boom, you got your S craft again. Yeah. Yeah. So you just you just repeat, rinse and repeat. You just basically start a battle, do S craft. Oh, you just recharge your S craft again, do S craft. And you can just literally decimate enemies over and over again, as long as you're fighting enough people at once. Those S crafts. Just they're kind of like a cheat code. Yeah, they're they're super powerful. If you charge them before you go into a boss fight, oh yeah, I always do. A lot. I yeah. always do. Yeah, I get up to two hundred, and then just okay. Well, this boss oh, yeah, is the, done. The maximum damage. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty good way to handle it. Um, but um, let's see. As far as the characters go, um, I enjoyed the in the in the chapter. Oh, you guys, you guys haven't talked about it in chapter five yet. But I like Laura's hometown especially. Yeah. Because you see how people look up to Laura, kind of more like more like she's some kind of like prince than she is like a princess, you know, because of her, of her um, idea of chivalry and uh, honor and all that stuff. 
and she has like a little fan club and everything. Those like little touches like that, I, I really enjoy for all the characters actually. My my thing is is like I I like all the characters in this game um, so far, uh, except you know I'm starting to not. I wouldn't say I don't like Reen. Mm-hmm. Reen just feels typical. I mean he's and the and the reason why is because he's falling into every fucking JRPG trope. Mm-hmm. I mean, he really is because I mean, yeah, there's something up with Reen. He has this mystical force inside of him. He's going to turn out to be the fucking chosen one, you know. And I can't stand that about it. I I want a fucking JRPG where you play as nobody. You play as a fucking a nobody. You're always somebody who's really special, mm-hmm. or you have somebody in your party who's really special. Um, they may not know it because they have amnesia. There, you know, there was a JRPG where you played as nobody. It's called Final Fantasy XII, and that game was boring as shit. That that main character was irrelevant. He tagged along with the action because he was just happened to be there, I guess. And that shit was stupid. So when you say you want to play as a nobody, I I'll point to twelve and say let's. That's hard to do, and that hasn't turned out well. I just, I just don't like the whole. It, it, you see it in every fucking game, though. You know, I mean, it's like I, I, I get it, I get it, but it's it's kind of like it's like a trope of the genre itself. Let's say you want to watch a scary movie with no jump scares. Name one scary movie, like really, really scary movie, without a single jump scare. There is none. They at least use like one trope or two because it's just native to the genre itself. I get your frustration and the fact that you want to see something different in that way, but I think there are some like liberties that the genre takes, and you just kind of have to accept them for what they are uh, in, in cases like this. And um, I do agree. I think Reen is like, uh, as far as the main character goes, he's not all that interesting. I think I, I think the side characters really kind of outshine him with the, the amount of uh, development that they get. Um, which is a shame because if you ever get the chance to play uh, Trails in the Sky, Estelle um, is the main character of that series, and she is terrific. Mm-hmm. Like everything she does is she's very charming, she's funny, um, she's flawed in a lot of the good ways, which you know really makes watching her grow as a character a delight. And I don't think Reen has that so far, but at the same time, this is his first game. This is his first entry. Yeah. I think he has a lot of room to grow in the second. And what I've seen of the second game as far as like little bits of trailers and stuff like that, there's a lot of things that he's going to be doing that's going to be pretty crazy. So I think I think he has he has room to growth. Uh but I I agree. I he he does have room to improve in in the first game for sure. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why like um I enjoyed Persona so much was because the characters None of them were perfect, it, you know, except for your main, the main character. But the main character is, it, it's weird because even Reen, who who is a who is you know a character that has dialogue and has a personality and stuff, he 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 feels like a catalyst for everybody else. He does, and that's kind of like how everybody is in Persona. You know, you don't you you're just like a a a person who's there. I mean, the the main character for Persona Four is called you. Mm-hmm. His, his actual name is you, so yeah, <laughs> it's supposed to be you. Get it? Get yeah. it? Okay. Yeah. Just making sure you know. Just just rub that over your face. Get the reference. You get. You understand what they're trying to do there. Um, I get it. It's 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 fine the way it is, but I think it could be better. I hope I hope it's done better in the second game, but I guess we'll find out in September. 
It's you know that's one of the reasons why, uh, and uh, you get everybody gives me shit over it. But going back and playing it again, Dragon Age Two, mm-hmm. I liked it because you did play as a nobody. You know, I mean, because you, did you, you know, did you really play as a nobody though? Hawk eventually turned into somebody, but it it was Hawk wasn't the chosen one. You know, he he wasn't, you know, he wasn't destined to become. The, the, all and powerful, or you know, was cursed. wasn't Wasn't he though? Was he? He was, he was at the very beginning of the of the game. Like, isn't he like chosen by the dragon or some shit, and like spared because like there was some kind of destiny or some shit? Now, basically, Flemeth just used his, him and his or her and his. So I family. guess he was chosen by Flemeth. Is well, that what you're saying? She was just using them to, so she could get across the border, right? I mean, that, that, that's, that, I mean, really, that's what it was. He, he was just there as circumstance. He and was, he's, he also happened to be an incredibly powerful person, right? Well, so is everybody else in that game. Not necessarily. There's, there's a ton of people who are kind of crap. I mean, but if you think about it, like, Dragon Age Inquisition, I mean, you are the fucking chosen one because you, you know. That, that's like, I have a lot of complaints about Inquisition, and that's not one of them. Because that's like, that's okay, sure. Every game does that, I guess. But um, to me, I don't think that matters. The concept of it is, to me, think about it this way, right? I always say that innovation and originality are highly overrated. It's all about the execution. It doesn't matter if you use a a cliche or a trope. If you do it in a way where it's basically kind of – it's presented in a way where it seems interesting. It piques your interest and kind of keeps it going for the whole game. That's good enough for me. Because if you, let's say you do something crazy, innovative, and uh, interesting, but you don't pan out the idea well enough, then it's, yeah, you know, it's Final Fantasy XII example again. That's fuck Van. He's a terrible character. Um, I think that was his name. Van? And N, isn't it? Van? Yeah. I've never played that game, so. Oh, okay. Well, when you guys play it, I'll, I'll be sure to chime in. Cause, I th- oh, I, th- I kind of spoiled that game for you, too, then. Whoops. The main character's crap. I'm sorry. You spoiled, you spoiled the game because you said the main character's crap? Yeah, you might not want to play it after after me talking shit about it for all this time. Ah. Now you just play it? Okay, that's good. Uh, it's too bad because the side characters are actually pretty cool. It's one of the main characters that... I mean, it's one of the game, Final Fantasy games I've never played. I've played every one of them. That's pretty surprising to me. I figured you'd have played every one of them. But by that time, I had already got, went switched over to 360. Mm, yeah, well, I remember this conversation. You missed a lot of PS2 RPGs. I did. Yeah, you gotta you gotta go back to some man. Like, um, I I think you told me you never played the Shadow Heart games. No, never played Shadow Hearts. Oh god, the Shadow Heart two game is so good, it's so good. Just thinking about making, just thinking about it, like makes me look over to my cabinet and just like see the copy of the game. It's like play me, play Jay. I'll I'll have to replay that game sometime. Never played that. I never played. Um, you never played the Tales games on the PS2. Which I have. I still. I I own four of those games and have yet to play any Tales games. Uh, I told you I would defer like uh, Tales of Berseria or whatever that game comes in. Maybe you could review it or something. I own Tales of Vesperia. I, I own Tales of uh, Zillia. Mm-hmm. I own Tales of Graces F. Yeah, I have Tales of. I don't know if I have Zillia Two or not. Um, there's another one. I didn't pick up Symphonia. You didn't even pick up the collection. No, 
Uh, I think that's it for the PS3 ones. Yeah, that's. I will see Vesperia. I got it on 360. Yeah, uh, Vesperia is very good. That's where you should start. That's what everybody's told me. They said you should yeah. just play Vesperia because that's probably the best one you've named. I know my buddy who has played practically every Tales game. His favorite is Abyss. Uh, Abyss is good. I mean, the thing is, if, Tales fans are just like Final Fantasy fans, where they have very different opinions on which one's the best one. I personally don't even have an opinion. I think Tales games are so similar in quality that I can't pick one and say that's the best one. But I will say that I, I very much uh, enjoyed Vesperia, also enjoyed Abyss. Uh, I think Grace's F is actually over, uh, underrated. I think Tales of Legendia is underrated, but that's just me and no one else in the world. I don't even know that game. I've never. Yeah, it was, it. It, was a, it was a PS2 game. Um, came after Biz. Amazing soundtrack, if nothing else. But uh, that's besides the point. So you missed a lot of PS2 games. I'm looking at some of the other ones. Did you play like uh, the Devil? Uh, was it Digital Devil Saga? I played Digital Devil Saga. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's uh, those are two good games. Did you play the Xeno Saga games? Uh, played the first one. Mm. Never played two or three. Uh, two kind of killed the series in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. as far as budget goes. But three is three is awesome. Yeah. One's great. Three is awesome. Two is meh. Uh, there's also let's see, uh, oh, the Wild Arms game. I love the Wild Arms. I game. played Wild Arms one and two. Did you play four, five, and no. Uh, F? No. A Wild Arms five, especially an exceptional game. I gotta, I gotta play that one day. Did you play Suikoden three, four, five? I have never played a Suikoden game. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ! What am I gonna do with you, Joe? What am I gonna do with you? I played that uh, game that was supposed to be a spiritual successor to uh, Suikoden, and said I don't like this. What is it? That was the. Uh, uh, it was came on 3ds um, last year. Uh, Legend of Legacy, Legacy of Legend, Legend of Legacy, made by the same people. Wait, uh, wait. Are you talking about that really weird job just of game? No, really open ended game, like really weird. Yeah, where you filled out a map and everything. No, that that has nothing to do with Suikoden as far as like the way it plays or the way it looks. They said it. They said it was a spiritual successor to it. Hell no. That's what the marketing was made by the same creators and spiritual successor to Suikoden. It might have been made by the same creators, but it certainly is no spiritual successor. Mm. Um, Suikoden 3 like one of my favorite games of all time 5 exceptional you can skip 4 uh, there's the if you're talking a little bit more obscure there's the Artanelico games I've 1 and those. 2 yeah those games are good I played Artanelico Kuga Kern of Arsil you played the bad one <laughs> yeah the, you, uh, you, we've had this discussion before and I actually like that game see if you like that game you would love the first two it's so, had like, that game is so fucking weird. It is. It's so weird. You dive into the women's fucking uh-huh. minds and oh, geez. It's all psychological and the sexual innuendos are rampant. I love it's it. It's So crazy that game. I, I was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm playing. It, that was back whenever I was the RPG guy, <laughs> and Kim would give me all those silver jobs on PS3. That's that's, that's where I learned. Who yeah, ne- I don't, I don't, Neptunia I don't, I don't envy you for the Neptunia and uh, the lower, lower title of those games. Mugen Souls, man, fuck Mugen Souls. Ah, oh, fuck Mugen Souls. Jeez, they're actually gonna release Mugen Souls Z on Steam soon, cause, cause why not? I guess. Yeah, I'll tell you a, a game that 
was made by the the same people was um a fairy fencer f i didn't mind that one yeah i actually that wait so we both reviewed that game we did i played the yeah. pc version you played the better version i i, I thought that was i was like damn I they, they, they've come far dude compile heart actually made a good game you know do you know who did the music composition for that game Mm-mm. nobu Ematsu. bullshit 100% true. Look wow. it up. Okay. Do you know who did the character art design for the concept? Mm, no. Amano from the Final Fantasy series. Really? Yeah. Fucking big-ass names worked in that game, man. Uh, well, I, I do remember Fang having, like, fucking belts all over him. <laughs> well, Belt is more of uh, the guy that, that took over after Final Fantasy VII. I forget his name. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Tetsuya, whatever. Tetsuya. Numora, I think. Yeah, Numora, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that's his thing. But we're talking about you know that really fancy classical art style from like the Final Fantasy VI era. Uh, where every single logo of Final Fantasy game has been done by this guy. Yeah. That's how you put it. But uh, yeah, they have some really big names um, collaborating with that game. Um, He's always he's always done the art style, his art style, mm-hmm. uh, with the main characters of every Final Fantasy. Like I loved the way he he drew Cloud and Eris. Yeah, um, that it it was like that old school art style, very strange looking art style. Yeah, very like you could see his art and say, yeah, that's him. Yeah, you know, there's no there's no mistaking it. I actually have a sealed EGM copy of a Electronic Gaming Monthly. I think that's what it is. Uh, it's a magazine, and the reason why I kept it sealed is because I actually got the special edition one with uh, his artwork uh, dis- uh, depicting the Final Fantasy X characters. Oh, okay. It's really nice, and I have I have it sealed. I'm not I'm not sure if that's worth anything, but it's neat. That, um, but yeah, it's pretty crazy. Those guys have come far. I haven't played a a Neptune game in a while. Well, kind of, but I'm I'm willing to try it again sometime. Eventually, I just like I get it. At the same time, it's so uninteresting. <laughs> like, it, like seriously, every cutscene in that in the Neptunia games was inconsequential. It was it, they had nothing to do with the story. They had nothing to do with what our objective was. It was just bullshit. You know. See, see the thing is, right? Making saying saying that it's inconsequential is kind of like saying that all the stuff that happens in Seinfeld is inconsequential. That's the point. It's supposed to be inconsequential. But there's a story in the Neptunia games. That, is that's, there, though? Is there really? Yeah, but not, I mean, not really. The first game, they were trying to fight R4 because yeah. that was the big evil person. You know? Well, and, I mean, they have an overarching storyline, but it's it's completely irrelevant compared to like the characters just pranking each other and saying dumb, cliche things. Yeah. That's what the fans want. That's what the fans get. Uh, and it has a strong following in the U.S. Apparently, it blows my mind. People, people like it. I know many people on my timeline um, love Neptunia, and also when you see like trailers and people are like, oh, I can't wait for this game. Ah, it's like, hey man, good for you. Yeah, good for you, buddy. I have I have other games to play. They, they you know, Compile Heart really does blow my mind when they make a game that looks like it's an early PS2 game running on a PS3 and it still has frame rate issues. That that first Neptunia game. Oh my god. And the fact, sorry, right, I remembered this cuz I thought this was fucking dumb. It was it, it is. It is dumb. The first Neptunia game, you could not heal your characters outside of combat. I'm pretty sure that's true, yeah. 
and I was like, what do you mean that like, I can't, I have healing items. I can't use them in the menus. No, you have to use them in battle. That's fucking stupid. That, that, that goes against Dungeons and Dragons, the (laughs) godfather of fucking RPGs. When do you heal? When you finish a fucking encounter, you heal when you're not in battle. What the fuck is this game? Yeah, questionable mechanics aside, from from an engine standpoint, that game did look like a like a really bad PS2 game on the PS3, and it ran at like ten frames per it second. It was fucking garbage. Compared to that, the second game was was great. Yeah, that's the <laughs> thing. Huge improvement. Dude, look at my reviews. You can easily see it. Uh, the the thing about it, I think I describe myself after playing that many Neptunia games review and also just to see how far they've come. I feel like they're parole officer, just <laughs> checking in on them once in a while, making sure they're up to no good. You know, not up to no good. Yeah. Just just be, just calling in, making sure you know they're still in the state. Making sure their engine isn't isn't running like crap, and their their gameplay actually makes sense. And I check in once in a while, and I, I you know I feel responsible for them yeah. after seeing how far they've come and what, where they have been in the past. And it's it's a weird feeling to be that way as a reviewer, because because <laughs> man, it's just it's, I, I have a weird weird relationship with Nissan that way. It's I weird. have so many. I have so many. I have at least ten. Uh, PS3 discs that I can do nothing with because they're well, – I, I used to call them the silver jobs mm-hmm. uh, because they are a silver disc that has just a stamp on it saying what the game is um, and, and usually an embargo date. And, yeah, mostly like, like NISA games. Yeah, they're all NISA games I think. Okay. Either that or, or – yeah, I mean NISA did the Neptunia stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I have so many in, in, in a, on a on a drawer – in my in my living room, and I'm like I can't do anything with these games, and I never want to play them. You know, I mean, they could always make coasters. I get at one point. My buddy, my buddy gave me. I, I let him borrow Artanelico, mm-hmm. and then like four years later, he came over for a bachelor party and brought it back to me. I was like, holy shit, you could have just <laughs> kept this dude. <laughs> you could have done me a favor and kept this game. I didn't mind Artanelico. <laughs> Or well, do you ever want to play that game again? I don't know. Maybe one day. No, not not really. The I probably stuff. won't. But you know, I'm curious what I have now because I know I have the first three Neptunia games. I have Mugen Souls. I have Disgaea Four. Do you? I thought I reviewed Disgaea Four. Uh, the Promise Un uh, Unforgotten, the one where you play as um. No, I I uh, reviewed the uh, the Vita version. Right? Yeah, I reviewed the PS3 version. Um, oh, I thought that game was fucking hilarious. Sardines, baby. Hell yeah. What, what was his name? Count um, Valvatraz. Valvatraz, yeah. I was going to say Valdez. <laughs> close enough. Yeah, close enough. No, no, that, that game's hilarious. Yeah, that game's awesome. I thought it was fantastic. but um, And I'm not good at those games. I suck at strategy RPGs. You've seen you've seen the things I do with the Sky games, man. Don't, don't I know? That's what my Sky cred. It's crazy. I, it's God, it's crazy. I can't I can't do that stuff. I don't know how you do that, dude. I, I I love it. To me, the the aspect of getting my group, like composition and party, to a level where I can basically just one shot everything makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Like makes me content. 
I'm not I'm not happy being able to beat everything. I have to destroy everything in those kind of games. And boy, the process of, of which you figure out how to do that is just as fun as like the playing through the story mode. The the end game is more important to me in the Sky games than the actual campaign. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's the way uh, that's why the way I like it. Those games do cater towards uh, towards that kind of playstyle, so it works for me. It's true. I just you know, I I like the Disguise games, but um, I'm not that hardcore into them. I don't think I'm hardcore into any game like that. Uh, well, what's let's define what do you mean by hardcore into? I mean, I played a shit ton of Destiny back in the day. Um, I played a shit ton of Street Fighter Four back in the day. So does that does that does that is that all it takes? Just a lot of hours spent? Not really. I mean, you have to kind of perfect some stuff. And I don't. I'm not going to say I'm a, a, a perfectionist when it comes to Street Fighter. But but did you like go to forums, look up like frame data and stuff? I looked up some of that stuff. Yeah, especially for yeah. El Fuerte. Yeah, I think I think at that point you become kind of hardcore, right? I, I um I do I'll, research. I'll put it this way: in 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 my tournament career, which wasn't mm-hmm. very was was wasn't much. I never ran into another El Fuerte player. Mm. Um, in fact, I mean, the the few tournaments I did play in, nobody knew how to fight against El Fuerte. That's the best when you can just do whatever you want. Oh, they don't know how to punish you. It blew my mind. Uh, like, I get the, all right, so it's, this is perfect because um, it, it reminded me of something. Um, so I went to a tournament. There was a place in Athens called Play and Trade. Um, and they held tournaments. You spent, you pay five dollars, go in there. You could win a fifty dollar gift certificate or something like that. Um, and it was just for fun, you know. Um, and uh, they, uh, it was the one of the bigger tournaments I was in. There was probably at least maybe twenty five people there. Um, and they were holding a Super Street Fighter Four tournament. And uh, we all drew numbers out of a hat, and he put them in the brackets. And I drew number one. That was my number. And then my roommate, who I lived with and played a lot of Street Fighter with, he drew number two. And me and him were the first round, the first match against each other. <laughs> and I was like, hell, it's like we're playing at home. And it reminded me of, like, um, if you remember in Dragon Ball Z, uh, during the World Martial Arts Tournament, the first the first one was uh, Goku versus Vegeta. <laughs> and I was like, dude, it's just like in Dragon Ball. We're nerds. <laughs> Nice. Um, but yeah, I, I beat Alan. <laughs> in fact, I didn't even use El Fuerte. He said he chose a Buki, and I was like, all right, fuck it, I'm going with Cody. And I, and I beat the shit out of him with a Cody. And he's like, God damn, he's so pissed off. <laughs> um, but the next round, the next the next uh, guy I had to fight, he picked the Kuma. And uh, I had watched him during his first fight, and I was like, oh, he's got a decent Akuma. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like, you know, anything special, but I was like, okay, he knows what he's doing at least. Do I fucking perfect him? Okay. The next, the next, like, the first two, like, I, I beat, I knocked him out of the tournament by perfecting him both rounds. And I was like, Jesus. I was like, I'm not this good, am I? And Alan's like, you're pretty good with a Fuerte. I'm like, yeah, but I just, I'm not that good. I mean, he just didn't know what to do. I mean, he, I remember he kept like every each round he kept looking over at me like Jesus. I was like, well, all right, I guess I'm just gonna keep going. Um, second round was against, uh, or the next round was against um, Sagat. I beat him. Uh, he did pretty good though. Um, and then after that, I think I I skipped around. 
and then um then we went into the lower bracket or the next brackets over but anyway i got second place because that was the one where i fought that guy who played akuma who got really pissed off started blaming the xbox mm-hmm. um then he went outside and apparently smoked a joint and then came in and beat the shit out of me yeah, man. I think I think you should have called the teal and said, "Hey, man, it's, this is he's taking drugs for enhancement." Yeah, exactly. P- performance enhancement drugs. Yeah, um, Snoop Dogg knows what's up. That's how you. Get I it. I had to. I would give that guy props. I don't know who he was. I didn't know his name. Um, he he was, he was one of those douchebag guys. But I had to give him to him. His Akuma was really good. I mean, he he, he was he was a damn good Akuma player. So right. you know, I mean, I, I like he he beat me legit. You know, um, but I was just like, "Come on, dude! I mean, stop being a dick." You know, I was, but that was it. I got second place. I got like a ten dollars gift certificate, and I was like, "Ah, I'm going." Home. <laughs> hey, man! You know, it's always it's always good to win. Uh, I used to play a lot of uh, Tekken Tag in the arcade. That's what, that's the only time I was really competitive in fighting games. Mm-hmm. And I was I was um, you know entering some like local tournaments and stuff like that myself. But uh, just always making something like maybe like top eight and stuff like that, and then nothing much. Uh, I didn't win anything in particular, um, but it was fun. But whenever I would go to like arcades and such, and you know during the times when you're like a high school student or whatever, you don't have a lot of money to spend, so I would just basically take fifty cents. I go to the Tekken Tag Machine there, and I just play. I take on all all challengers and just stay there for like two hours and fifty cents. And my longest winning streak is something like. 53 uh, on the on the local arcade machine and people were lining up there's like quarters all around the machine and uh, they're they're trying to get under my skin you know saying some dumb shit I was there with my friend we're just like laughing it off and eventually uh, I wanted to go get some food I wanted to go to the bathroom man 53 games is a lot of time oh yeah yeah so I was just standing there just playing it and eventually I just lost to some guy on purpose I was like oh, yeah man good job good job I just left and they're like, "Hey, man, you gotta come back. We want a rematch." I was like, "No, I'm, I'm, I'm good." <laughs> I just, just left. I did the same kind of thing. I think it was 34 and Soul Calibur, three or two, whatever was on the machine at the time. Um, but arcade, arcade days were fun. I that's when I used to play stick and everything. Now I'm, I'm like a home console guy. I'll bring a controller to play in fighting game tournaments. But I do. I did. Uh, used to go to a lot of um, events. If you know NEC East Coast Throwdown, uh, Northeast Championships, mm-hmm. uh, and the and the like uh, near the East Coast. And I went. I think three years straight for both tournaments. Had a good time. Met some met some friends. Uh, you know, when you're in the in the fighting game community, you talk to a lot of people over the internet. You know, just shoot the shit, and you also discuss strategy, tactics, and all that jazz. I also made some videos uh did you ever watch some of the stuff that i made for i, I think like, i did yosuke and like uh like subaki and stuff like that yosuke from obviously persona 4 arena mm-hmm. and subaki from uh, blaze blue so i used to make uh character videos because that that was like a hobby of mine you know just ma- edit videos and make them make character movies uh, i made some i made some tutorials for yosuke so when i went to like a tournament I had a bunch of people come up to me. It's like, oh, you're you're that guy. You made those uh, uh, Yosuke videos. I love those. Thanks, man. And then those kind of things were really cool. Yeah. Like I, I have no idea who these people are, but they clearly watched some of the stuff that I did. It was helpful to them. They enjoyed it, and I was like, oh, that's that's really inspiring. I, I like that a lot. I actually at that tournament there was a guy who was also a fellow podcaster. Um, 
for uh, Gamertag Radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, he lived in Athens, and uh, we like he was like, yeah, I do a podcast. So I was like, hey, me too. And um, this is back, you know, whenever podcasting wasn't that big, you know. Um, and uh, I was like, yeah, I work for N4G. Uh, I'm on N4G radio. He's like, hey, I actually listened to that a couple of times. I'm like, really? And, and you know, we, we kind of shot the shit there. That was kind of fun. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things. Um, I used to love going to the tournaments, even if I was just watching, you know. Um, but it's been a long time. And the bad thing is nothing around here does it anymore. I think the closest thing would be Atlanta, and that's like a two-hour drive. And, and Atlanta traffic sucks. Yeah, but uh, a lot of the people, let's say like Evil, you know, people from all around the world are traveling to Evo, you know? That's true. So I, if I, I know if you're interested you, enough. I knew a couple of people who went to Evo um, for Street Fighter, uh, and they were actually really good. They, I mean, they were the guys, it was, uh, they were brothers. Uh, they, they were Isaac and uh, Chris Green were their names. Um, and uh, both of them were really good at Street Fighter, and they'd always come to the local tournaments in Athens, and we'd be like, oh, God, the Green brothers are here. That means they're going to win. That's, one's going to get first place. The other one's going to get second place. You might as well, you might as well give up. Um, but then they, for some reason, they just stopped coming. Uh, but I think I'm pretty sure they went to Evo one year. Um, but I can't remember. Well, it's it's the big stage, man. And this year is going to be the biggest one ever yeah. because they're going to be on that giant what is a stadium or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're going to be on ESPN two for the top eight Street Fighter five. Looking forward to watching that. Uh, I am I too. Think it, it's it's going to be great. Even though I don't play Street Fighter five, I don't either anymore. Um, Sad. I, I played a bit of Karen. I tried a bit of Ibuki when she came out, but I don't like the way she plays now. I don't. I'm not a big fan of the changes. The, the set plays is kind of what they call it when you know because Ibuki's all about that bomb now. Mm-hmm. So you got to set it up. You don't know where she's gonna be. Is she gonna cross you over? Or is she gonna be in front of you? You got to just guess. I don't. I don't. I'm not a big fan of set play characters in general. Um, so you know, I, I don't. I don't want to play that game that much. But even though I still understand all of the mechanics and the concept behind every character or most characters, so when I watch a high level play a game, I can understand everything that's going on, all the yeah. mind games, the little you know, little details. That makes the games really enjoyable to watch. Oh yeah, the highest level. That's that's the thing is like I I can't watch Marvel anymore. That's it's kind of boring to me. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's the same exact characters doing the same exact things, you know. And I'm just like, oh my god, it's boring, and I don't really know exactly what's going on. Half the time, the characters are off the screen. You know, I'm just like, oh, come on, it's just you know. That's that's an old game now, so that's just how it is. You know, even the most uh, most hype game can become kind of outdated and old and boring after enough time. And uh, Marvel has definitely hit that. Probably a couple of years ago, actually, but it's still around in tournaments. You know, no, they, they that, that's the one that comes on before Street Fighter at the end. You know, that's that's how it's always been. Uh, I think is it is that how it's how it is this year? I don't know if it's that how it is this year, but last I think, year I think it, I think Smash Brothers and uh, is it Guilty Gear probably beat beat out uh, Marvel. Marvel, because really? Marvel's like a second, like third-rate game now. Um, but that's that's what it is. I mean, I think they should put out a probably a new Marvel versus Capcom game. Will that even happen now? Depending on you know all well, the Marvel movies and shit. Hmm. Who owns the rights to half those characters now? 
Disney probably because that's that's what is that's what owns Marvel now. But I don't know. I don't know what the licensing issues that might be. But people have been, you know, clamoring for a new game. Maybe Capcom wants to concentrate all their focus on Street Fighter Five. But uh, the way that game has started, um, it has lost a lot of the interest. I think. But um, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see where the the fighting game scene ends up. But I'm very much looking forward to watching Evo this weekend. Stream monster that a bit. Yeah, I watch some of it. Depending, but. Yeah, it's um, it's really, I mean, I used to be so big in the Street Fighter Four, every single day. Mm-hmm. That was that was my thing. I played it every single day, and you know, it was such an obsession with me. Uh, the thing about fighting games, I think you kind of have to be like that in order to compete, because um, you know, I played a lot of, I, I played a lot of you know Tekken. I played a lot of Blaze Blue. I played a lot of Persona Four Arena. So when I'm able to put in, let's say, over like a thousand games within the game's kind of like, you know, the birthing life cycle yep. of where it's kind of hot, then I feel like I can probably compete and I can do well. But if I can't put in the time to play consistently, kind of like basically like every day, maybe like an hour or two, even if it's only like 30 minutes, if you're able to play every day, then you can kind of keep yourself uh, on top and just kind of play consistently to what you're capable of. But if you take days off, even like weeks or sometimes even months, you have to spend time and effort to go back to where you were to try to become consistent again. And that's tough, man. It's hard for us to consistently play one game like every day. I can't even do that with Overwatch. (laughs) Even even though I want to, like I, I didn't play Overwatch yesterday or did I? I'm not sure. Wait, no, no, I played late last night yesterday, but the day before I didn't probably. But um, it's one of those things you just gotta stay consistent in, and it's hard, man. You yeah. Games to review, new stuff coming out. Uh, and I want to keep going back to those tournaments, but to me, like if I'm at the tournament, I'm there mostly to play casuals. And if I'm playing like shit at casuals, because I don't play the game. That kind of defeats the purpose to me, and that's why I haven't been uh, attending a local tournament or, or rather, the major tournaments lately. I might try to make a comeback for um, the new Blaze Blue game coming out uh, this year, maybe to head down, head down to you know NEC or something. But it would take me a lot of time and effort to try to climb back to uh, a, a respectable level where I'm not basically embarrassing myself because yeah. I know. You know, I played against basically like top players in the U.S., you know. We're talking like evil winners and stuff like that. I know what they're capable of. And I like to compete. If I can, if I can't even take a round of those kind of people that I don't really want to be there, it's no fun for me. I, um, I don't know. It's one of those things where I, 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 just, I, I go there just to have fun. But I mean, if I'm, it, I, I play to win, but if mm-hmm. I don't, eh, it's not that big of a deal. Um, I don't know. It's it's been a long time since I've actually played competitively on anything. You know, I think Street Fighter Four was the last thing I actually played competitively. I did um, some Call of Duty stuff uh, back in like the Call of Duty Two days, um, and I was really good at Call of Duty Two. But um, I don't know. I, I think um, I have, like I said, I, I have turned into a role playing game person. I've always been a role-playing game person. Well, I, I kind of have too, but now that's basically what I look forward to. You know? Yeah, yeah, me too. I um, 
it just feels like to me the amount of time investment for being competitive or being really super good at things is a bit too much for me at this point in my life. Uh, and I don't really want to. That's the thing, you know, people always say, I don't have time. I don't have, I don't want to, I don't, but it all comes down to your desire, right? And I don't have that desire anymore Yeah. that I used to. Maybe it, it came with our age and gone. But um, either way, I don't, I don't have that motivation to, to really reach for the top that I did at one point. Right. Weird. I don't know. But yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I forgot. Mm-hmm. We do have an email. Okay, sure. Uh, let me bring it up here. Uh, we do have another email for Trails of Cold Steel, which I will save for next week. Um, sure. because Matt obviously isn't here, but this one actually pertains to me and you. Sure. Uh, this comes from Jamie and it's all about Danganronpa. Hi, Jamie. She says, hi guys. Uh, back when you did Danganronpa last year, I listened along without any intention of playing the game. After all, I had no idea what the hell a Danganronpa was. After listening, I was, uh, after listening, I was too, Okay. I was kicking myself for not playing it because you made it sound fantastic. So when that one was done, I vowed to play the second one when you guys got to it. Now the time looms before us and I must prepare myself. I wanted to review the game before starting too, but not play it because I already know the story. So I downloaded the anime because I'm lazy like that. Mm-hmm. I said, so I started watching. Now a bit of background. I know nothing about anime. I don't think I've even watched any at all. I mean, I've watched Astro Boy when I was a kid. I don't know if that counts. And to be honest, I don't really know if I remember any of it. All I'm saying is this is somewhat new to me. Now I'm two thirds of the way through and I want to watch more anime. If it's, if it's all this entertaining anyways, uh, I know that's a broad statement and I'm sure some is better than others. But I've stayed away from it for, um, for a long time, not knowing where to start or what series to get into. It's like getting into comics. Who knows where the F to start <laughs> anyways. I think I'll have to research this a bit because I'm sure I could find some that I uh, could watch with the kids. I guess it's time to start watching The Last Airbender or Legend of Korra or some such. Anyways, that aside, I wanted to see how different your description of the game was versus the anime. The the answer is not a whole lot. As expected, the show is almost identical to the game. There are notable differences, but these mostly relate to the game mechanics. The biggest difference is that since I'm not driving the character, I can't have free days to decide who I go hang out with. In some cases, there are people you should hang out with, which I think mention the game uh, saying you should go hang out with Sakya today. Um, in which case the show does hang out with her. Uh, although it's strange because it will occasionally have a pop-up heading that says free day as you would expect in the game, but doesn't make a whole lot of sense in the show and they aren't consistent with them. This makes it really hard to learn about and bond with the characters. The other big thing I noticed is that everything happens really fast since I don't control, uh, Makoto uh, I can't go looking for evidence. Or Nagi was was Makoto's last name Nagi. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Makoto Nagi. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it basically rushes you right to the trial, so it doesn't make so it doesn't make you feel like you can figure it out without the show telling you how. 
it happened. Because of this rush feeling, I think that playing the game would have been more fun. It would have felt more like you put it together yourself, which that game basically makes you do that. Yeah, of course. There's, there's, there's basically – there's literally comic book scenes where you have to put comic <laughs> book panels together in yeah. the order that the stuff and that's, happens. And that's, that's, that's one of my favorite parts of this, these games series too because yeah. when you when you put, piece together all the facts and you, it's like a eureka moment where everything just comes together completely. Yeah. It also seems very specific, so I'm unclear on how you would play the trial. I really want to try the trial bit out, but – Maybe Jay can tell me if there are trials again in the second one because I seem to remember them getting out at the end, so I don't know if this mechanic will work in the second game. Um, I can even answer that question. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's because I don't think this is the same characters. Yeah, it's a different cast of characters. Yeah. Um, so remember when I said I knew the story? Turns out I'd forgotten a lot. But even though I can't remember all the details, it still feels really familiar. And that's a testament to how well you described it in the last podcast. It sort of feels like I'm watching something I watched a long time ago as a kid, familiar, but still sort of new. I do have one request, though, for when you cover the next one. I noticed that you use the characters' names quite often when the game, when in the game, they used their last names. This messed me up because I had no idea who Sakya was when you were talking about her since the Naegi calls her Mazino, Mazino, no, Mazino, no, Mazuino or something. Mazuino. Um, uh, I had to keep googling the characters, <laughs> <laughs> or you could just give them nicknames like you did by the end of the series: swimmer girl, fanfic guy, etc. <laughs> yeah, I like our nicknames. So uh, that would be out. more helpful. Looking forward to trying out the next one myself. Well, thank you for that email, Jamie. Um, to answer, we actually had this discussion a couple of days ago, me and Jay and Ken, uh, in our email chain. Uh, animes that you could possibly get into. You're new to the world of anime. I I was big into anime during the Toonami days. Mm-hmm. Um, and I watched a good amount. Uh, I kind of got out of it for a while, and I decided I wanted to try and get back into it. And there was two animes, three technically, that really got me back into anime for a while. Uh, the first one being um, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Um, me personally, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is one of my favorite animes of all time. I think it's decently paced. I think it tells a fantastic story. It's crazy. It has a lot of twists and turns. It's a little bit long, but I think it's I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I think there's I don't think I know a single person who would uh, dispute you on the fact that Brotherhood's like one of the best. It's really really good. Uh, one of the things I will mention: watch Brotherhood. There is also a series called Just Full Metal Alchemist. You may say, why is there two series? Um, the first one, Full Metal Alchemist, started when the manga was still going on. The series caught up with the manga, and they kept going with the anime, and it didn't follow the comic book. Um, Brotherhood follows the comic book to a T. Yep. And you get to see the actual vision of the guy who created the series. Uh, and Brotherhood... Man, Brotherhood... There's some fucking sad shit in that anime. <laughs> like that that's <laughs> yes, definitely one you don't want to watch with your kids. Um even though the characters may be goofy, 
there is some hardcore violence in that game mm-hmm. and game that that series. Uh, but it, it, it's also telling an actual ra- rather depressing story. Um, but it's God, it's so good. Um, yeah. Uh, but let's let's get on the topic of what will be a good anime for her to watch with her kids. <sighs> Man, um, is she interested in maybe uh, some of the movies? Like Miyazaki movies are always very. Those are good. those are great. Spirited Away. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Princess Mononoke. Uh, that's maybe, maybe yeah, that's a little violent. Yeah, uh, Spirit Away is probably the uh, Totoro. This one, there's like My Neighborhood Totoro. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Um, really charming stuff. What was the um, other one um, about the sea? Um, oh, the Popoyo or something like that. Uh, po- uh, Ponyo. Ponyo, yeah. Ponyo, Ponyo is a great, great movie. Yeah, very charming. All all of Miyazaki's work is terrific. Yeah, really. Studio, Magical, Studio Ghibli Valley. stuff is fantastic. Um, that's like the safe bet. Just don't watch Grave of the Fireflies with your kids. No. Don't, don't, don't do don't it. Don't watch Ninja Scroll. That's not Miyazaki. <laughs> I know, I know. But yeah, don't watch don't watch Ninja Scrolls in general for, for your, your taste. I don't think she would. No. Um, would enjoy it. I think that's... I mean, sure. depending on how how old your kids are, Dragon Ball Z is not a bad. I mean, there's a lot of fighting in there. Ah, uh, that's that's. And people I think, die. I think that's that's uh, more of of our age kind of thing. It's true. I think you'd have to think like she mentioned. Let's say, um, was it uh, the uh, the last Airbender? And and uh, the uh, last Airbender is pretty good. Those are those are not anime, if yeah. I, if I'm right, yeah, I think those are made by American Studios, but those are very good, yeah. Uh, regardless of the fact, they're they're kind of take a lot of inspiration from a lot of the anime tropes, the way they exaggerate their official uh, expressions and stuff. Last Airbender is great. Legend of Korra is a lot more mature than mm-hmm. Last Airbender. I think Last Airbender would be terrific to watch with your kids. I think uh, they have some really good like lessons. They're action packed. But they're not like overly like brutal or anything like that. Uh, very charming series. Uh, definitely good. I got another one that you may be able to watch with your kids, and it was one of the other animes that got me back into anime. Um, it's actually created by Stan Lee. It's called Hero Man. Um, it's a it's technically in the Marvel universe. Uh, it's about a kid who has he has a toy robot that gets struck by lightning, and it becomes a giant robot, and he can control it using a. Uh, a uh, thing on his hand mm-hmm. uh, and he uses it to basically fight crime for a while and then he uses it to fight aliens aliens start to take over and so he fights um, the aliens with his giant robot buddy yeah I, have, I haven't seen that but uh... it's it's actually really cool because it takes place in America um, it's like in, in this weird like alternate universe America Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the kid's name's Joey. Or they all have like American names and stuff. And uh, you can totally tell Stanley made it because it, it feels like a Marvel property. Right. Um, and um, Stanley even makes an appearance in it, just like he does in all his movies. <laughs> yeah, it seems seems right up his alley. He's jo- sure. he's Joey's neighbor. <laughs> um, but nah, Hero Man was really fun. Um. Uh, and the other anime that got me back in anime, which you do not need to watch with your children, is Bakano. Uh Yeah, don't watch that with your kids. No. But it's great. It, it's it's a fantastic anime. It's um it's about 1930s gangsters. The um the the pacing and the the storytelling in that 
anime will confuse you at start, but uh, it's very good. Very yeah. Good. I have a lot of animes that I could recommend, but they are mostly mostly mature. I'm not I'm not big into like the really kiddie stuff in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, funny enough, like we're we're talk- just talking about the Danganronpa anime, the the, the third Danganronpa three hope uh, hope was it hope's peaks end or something like that just started, um, just started airing. I think when you start when we stop finishing Danganronpa two, we should start watching this anime because. This is what the third game would have been if they made it. They're not going to make it? No, they're not making Danganronpa 3. They're, they're did this anime instead, which kind of makes me sad. But at the same time, it's better than not having anything. Yeah. Because uh, the story does leave off. And Danganronpa 3, there's actually two different sets of anime that's coming out at once, which is kind of wild. And one takes into consideration the, all the cast of Danganronpa 2. And the other takes the Danganronpa one cast members and actually sees their story to the end. Okay, so it's so but they are they happen concurrent coherently kind of thing? Uh well they're airing at the same time, yeah. But but I mean in as far as story goes, do they happen uh, that at the same I don't, time? No, no, no. This is um the the cast of Danganronpa two is happening in the past and Danganronpa one is basically happening in the present. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so it's like way after. But um yeah, it's uh, pretty interesting. I've watched the first episode of both anime so far and I, I like the direction that they're going. I'm interested to see how they... Because I know a lot of things that will happen uh, because based on my knowledge of the games. So how they're going to like make those turns in between is going to be pretty wild. Hmm. Uh, but uh, very, very interesting stuff. I've never seen a video game adaptation get two enemies in the same season at once. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, crap. Uh, you know, uh, a, a anime series that I got into because I was reviewing something. It's kind of crazy. Uh, I had to review um, Neon Alley, which was a um, an anime streaming service. Mm-hmm. They gave me like a free two months or something like that of it. And so I was like, well, I mean, all I got to do is just watch anime. Uh, and they were showing new stuff at the time. Um, and they were like, it was like new episodes of Naruto. Um, it was new episodes of this anime that apparently had just started. It's on Netflix now. It's called, um, Blue Exorcist. Uh, yeah, I know that one. Uh huh. I watched a little bit of that. Um, wasn't really my thing, but the thing I really got into that I thought was, is actually kind of funny at the same time was a, a, a show called Tiger and Bunny. Um, and it's about superheroes, um, like, traditional superheroes that you would think of um, like Superman, stuff like that. But it's about these guys who are superheroes and they're followed around by television crews. So it's almost like a reality television show. And it's also like a game show where they throw them into an arena and say, who's, who's the best superhero. But the, the thing I found the most endearing was the fact that they're, they're highly commercialized. So, um, like one of the main characters has like an ad on his chess piece and it's of a real thing like Citibank. And there was one that was had Ustream on his, on his back and stuff like that. So they were sponsored by real companies. And I was like, that's so fucking weird. 
it, it does seem like if if superheroes were like a real thing, that's probably how it'd be handled, right? Exactly. Yeah. You know, Superman sponsored by Pepsi, you know, or something like that. You know, it's, <laughs> you know, Spider-Man brought to you by Coca-Cola. Exactly, and they'd have a Coke symbol on their on their jacket or something. You know, it's it like, but I, that's what I really liked about Tiger and Bunny because it was about this guy who's who's a who's been a superhero for years, mm-hmm. and he thinks he's the baddest, but then he gets partnered up with this new recruit who's like the best superhero ever, and everybody loves him and he's like ah fuck that guy you know but he's his his partner so he has to like play nice with him and stuff it's actually a really good show Uh, i haven't seen it but i I, i've seen it exist but i I haven't seen it yet um yeah i mean i I could i could i could do the i could do the whole anime recommendation thing for a while but i think as we as we're talking about if you're talking about just watching an anime by yourself to just kind of be introduced i think uh, Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood is an excellent choice. Yeah. If you're trying to watch something like a cartoon show, it doesn't. Because to me, the idea of anime or cartoon or whatever doesn't really matter as long as it's entertaining. And I think Last Airbender is a terrific show to watch with your kids. It has some good life lessons for them. Mm-hmm. And while it's not, you know, completely boring for adults as well. So I think that's uh, those two are good. And then if you're interested in watching some like anime movies, you can check out the Miyazaki films. Like we talked about Spirit Away. Uh, Totoro, uh, my neighborhood, Totoro, and stuff like that. Those are all great, and uh, that'll that'll get you started if you're interested. It's um, anime is about as vast as far as quality and content goes as just regular movies themselves. Oh yeah, you know? and uh, I think people look at anime and they say like, oh, it's it's gonna have those jiggling breasts everywhere and the the little girl, the huge eyes, and yeah, sure, those things exist, but they're also like stories about human triumph, about like loss, despair, and everything else in between. And there's some really fantastic uh, stories out there waiting to be told. Um, you just have to know uh, where to look, more or less. Yeah. There's a lot. Don't the, 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 a few things I will say. Don't watch to begin with. Berserk. I mean, if you want to feel bad about yourself. <laughs> Watch Berserk. <laughs> I, I guess the thing about Berserk is that it tells a it tells a great story, but it is very depressing. It's depressing as shit. <laughs> uh, Berserk's really depressing. Um, if you want to be confused as shit, start watching Gundam. Which one? It, exactly. It doesn't matter. Which one. It doesn't matter. I don't, I don't like the fifty different shows. Which one are you talking about? Uh, Gundam Wing was the first one I was introduced to, and it's like. It's one of those where if you miss an episode, you're fucked because you, you, what happened here? Oh, my God. You know, it's one of those things where it's like you can't recap what happened in the last episode because there's so many things and all these political forces and there's, there's throwing names around that you don't even understand. And yeah, I don't think Gundam Wing was that confusing. It got kind of crazy. Uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion got confusing. Oh, my God. I, don't, I still can't tell you what happened in that series. Get in the mech, Shinji. Stop sitting on the chair while everyone talks to you for some reason. I don't know what's happening. I don't. They are now. I, I haven't watched the new stuff with Neon Genesis, but it's a yeah. thing that exists. My buddies loved that, and I was just like, "Oh my god, I can't follow this." Well, it was iconic when it first came out, and then it just ended really weirdly. Yeah. No one really knew what was happening, and then the movies came out, and it's like, "Okay, sure, why not?" Mm-hmm. Uh, there's tons of anime, dude. Like I, I always talk about, like Fate Zero, Steins Gate, uh, Planets. I love those kind of animes. Uh, those are uh, more like, well, one's fantasy, the other two are sci-fi. Planets, especially, 
is about like a crew of uh, astronauts that's tasked with the job of cleaning debris around uh, the orbit of Earth. Because do you know that's actually a real problem that we have right now? I'm sure it is. Yeah, and this is going to get even worse because a single piece of debris can actually completely breach. Uh, because those things, those things are not traveling at, at a very slow speed. Those things can be going as super fast, and they can collide with your fucking like spacecraft and then puncture your windows or whatever. And at one point, because of all the debris and the the satellite stuff like that that's broken over the years that we got orbiting, like space travel as we know it might become impossible. We might literally be trapped under our own orbit of debris. So those like little ideas and concepts, and they're basically you think about astronauts and they are like these these like really exceptional people, right? Yeah. But then now twist it and say like, well, they're like janitors, they're yeah. like everyday janitors, and they just got to do this job. And the uh, exceptional circumstances that they're 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 in with uh, withstanding the everyday life things that they have to do in that environment is fascinating. I love those kind of stuff, and that 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 story is fantastic. And not a lot of people know about it. There's also um, if you're talking more supernatural, there's like Boogie Pop Phantom. Um, that's a that's a that's an oldie but a goodie. <laughs> if you like supernatural, they made an anime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude! You know, I actually watched the first season of Supernatural: The Anime before I started watching the actual show. It's not bad. It's actually pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. It has it has better special effects than the show. Uh, some of it, yeah. <laughs> All um, of it, man. Supernatural fucking special effects are generally terrible. The um, but the 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 one the quintessential anime that's pure classic for me. I mean, that I think everybody should watch if they ever. If I if somebody says hey I need to watch an anime will you suggest Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is one of them the other one the pure classic fucking Cowboy Bebop oh yeah that's you, a sure bet that you gotta watch Cowboy Bebop that is fucking fantastic that series is old as shit but it has age magnet it holds up so fucking yeah. well I don't know how they did it like the characters the the animation the voice acting everything just looks if that came out in widescreen today and I'd be like yeah that's a new anime that's a really good new anime. That's that's how it would roll, and that's amazing to me. A, te- a testament to Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. Ken McCowan, the only anime he'll ever watch. Oh yeah. And he holds it to a, such a high regard. How he fucking bought the Blu-rays. Oh nice. Yeah. He, he owns the series. I mean that's that like. I yeah. I, I was under the impression Ken only watches one with the anime titties. So that's <laughs> the thing, right? High School of the Dead. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, that show is dumb. It's so bad, and it had such a cool premise. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, panty shot. I'm like, well, I'm done. Wait. No, no, no. It it makes sense that she was able to dodge the bullets between her breasts as they were jiggling. Mm-hmm. That's a thing that can happen. It's fine that it defies the laws of fitness. It's fine, right? <laughs> but when you just put it out in front, it just kills all tension. Yeah. It just ruins the show. But yeah, no. Nah, like, during the, like, the weird tsunami time where Adult Swim was still in its infancy, Toonami was showing these kind of like, quote-unquote, mature animes, Cowboy Bebop, stuff like that. Um, was it like um, Outlaw Star was one oh, of them? Dude, Outlaw Star was great. I liked Outlaw Star. I love that gun that he had where he just... Uh, yeah, with the, th- with the crazy bullets. Yeah, he'd, he'd throw in the yeah. canister and it'd, you know, kind of thing. Uh, they had the one, uh, Black Butler. I never watched that one. I know of it, though. They showed that one. The Big O was another one. Oh god, that that fucking intro song mm-hmm. slays me every time. <laughs> <laughs> Big O was another one. Um, 
you know, they, they started showing like a lot of these, uh, I'd say obscure stuff, um, that you don't see much anymore. Uh, they had that movie. I remember they, they made a big deal about it. It was, it was a series, but originally it was supposed to be just a movie. I think it's called blue sub six. Uh, yeah, I know that one. I remember that one. Um, they uh, actually had an interesting series where they actually aired the episode in, in the U.S. before they actually aired it in Japan called Space Dandy. Okay. Uh, and it's neat because that's basically never happened before because we are always getting subtitles after it airs in Japan, right? Yeah. But in this one, it was subbed and dubbed at the same time and actually aired in uh, in English first, which is really neat. Um, they did that, and that was, that show was actually pretty funny. It's not, it's not, it's not fantastic, but it's got its moments. Um, as as a comedy goes, anyway, the animation is really good. I remember that. I remember, I, I, you know, back in the day, it was AnimeNation.com where I got all my anime. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, like I watched everything. You know, after Dragon Ball Z, I was like, okay, I'm I'm full fledged, you know, stupid nerdy white boy who had to watch all anime. Um, and so I like Bubblegum Crisis. Which going back to that, I hated that. I uh, I skipped that one. I yeah, uh, Bubblegum Crisis. Um, I got really big into the mobile suit stuff, the Gundam stuff uh, for yeah, a while. Yeah, Wing Wing was huge when when it was out. There. Oh yeah, Wing Wing was fucking. Wing like, blew up on Toonami. Oh everywhere. god, yeah, that because that was the first you know Gundam we'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like you know they started showing the old like nineteen eighties mobile suit Gundam, the original series, and I was like, they wow, had the, um, shit. They had the 08th, 08th team or something like that. Yeah, that that was probably my favorite. Gundam. Zero eight team was really good. Yeah, that's that's the one I'm talking about. That's the one that I actually like. It was short and to the point, and it was like the animation was spectacular. Yeah, I mean, it, I I hold Dragon Ball to a high regard because I think it's nostalgia. I uh, do. This is part of our childhood. You know? Yeah, I mean, it, there there were some really cool moments in Dragon Ball, but there was a shit ton of filler. I mean, there's like 250 something episodes of that. Of course. I mean, it's it, it's long as shit. Now, it, it, it makes current running Naruto look short. <laughs> yeah. The um, but the, I, I do have to say that they did the Dragon Ball Kai, where they knocked out a bunch of that filler and, mm-hmm. and into a, like maybe a hundred episodes. And I actually watched all of that, and I was like, okay, they did a real good job. And it was uncut. You know, they showed the blood, they showed people getting killed, stuff like the, that. Because it actually see the actual level of Kakarot's powers. Like, oh, is it, it's not over nine thousand. It says it's, it actually says it's over eight thousand. I think. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, they they fixed a lot of that stuff. Um, and to to this day, one of the most epic fights I remember uh, is uh, Captain Ginyu versus Goku. <laughs> I thought that fight was fucking awesome. When I was a kid, and then you know, then he ch- fucking he changes forms and goes into Goku's body. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Goku's all evil now. You're yeah. like, oh no, Goku's evil. And then he goes back to his son, and he's like, Dad, what's up? He's like, I'm gonna fucking kill you. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> it's Captain Ginyu. Look out. That uh, Frieza. Um, actually, the the first three Dragon Ball Z series sagas were just amazing. The was it the, the Vegeta, the Science Saga, there's the Frieza, and then the Cell. I love all three. Yeah, uh, Buu Saga, I didn't, I didn't like. <sighs> Majin Buu was dumb. Um, but nobody really did. I I liked leading up to Majin Buu, where they were actually fighting. Um, uh, Bobbity was that his name? The uh, the evil Majin Vegeta versus yeah. Goku fight was legendary. That was fantastic. That. You know when he actually like mind controlled Vegeta and stuff. That was like I was like this is great. You know, 
Um, and then there was like, uh, then they started showing Dragon Ball, which happened before Dragon Ball Z. Um, a lot of that stuff is boring. I actually started reading the comic books of regular Dragon Ball before I started reading Dragon Ball Z when mm-hmm. I was like a toddler, I guess. Um, and yeah, it was it was good. It was good, but until Z came out, it, it didn't take off like completely. Yeah. I always liked the, the Red Ribbon Saga stuff that they had. The androids. Dude, that shit, like... That was during the Cell Saga, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was during, like, well, they had, there was so many sagas. Um, you know, Saiyan, Namek, Frieza, uh, fucking uh, the Garlic Jr. showed back up. Uh, that's um, that's a movie, isn't it? No, Garlic, the first one, uh, when they oh. fought Garlic the first time or Garlic Jr. the first time, he came back and it was actually part of Dragon Ball Z. I thought it, it was a movie only. No, no, that was, they, they banished him and then he came back and it was, it, it, that, that saga only lasted probably about 10 episodes. Oh, okay. But it was okay. Um, but yeah, no, the, like all of the Android saga and Cell saga was fucking fantastic. Like that shit was great. You know, especially the Androids because I mean, this shit is like, the world is ending, you know? And Goku's about to die of a heart attack. Goku's going to die of a fucking heart attack. It's like, okay, well, you came back to warn us, right? No, I came back because you're going to die in like 10 days before the androids show up. And we're like, what? <laughs> you know, the yeah. thing about Dragon Ball is that, like, it should be really far away from my mind, like the memories and stuff like that. But I watched uh, the Dragon Ball Z abridged stuff whenever they release it, like, monthly i guess yeah and if you don't watch the dbz abridge you should because those guys are hilarious and their editing skills are pretty nice um they just kind of cut down a lot of the filler just add a lot of jokes and stuff like that while keeping all the action intact it's actually really good if you ever get to watch uh dragon ball if if i were to introduce dragon ball at some point i would tell them to probably watch the abridge series instead of the actual (laughs) series at this point (laughs) Because as much as I love it, man, it, it hasn't it hasn't aged all that well as far as uh, the original series goes. But that's that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Vegeta is still a badass, though. Well, always second fiddle to Goku. This is true, but he is the prince of all Saiyans. <laughs> Not you know what does a title have to do <laughs> with anything? You know, you never beat Goku ever. <sighs> that's what that's what matters. It doesn't matter. Nice, totally totally matters to him. Yeah. All the time. And if you ever do get into Dragon Ball, never, ever, listen to me. This is the most important thing you'll ever hear in your life. Never watch an episode of Dragon Ball GT. Ever. What's what's GT? I don't know what that is, man. Exactly. It's crazy. You're so good. Crazy person. You, you've, you've done it. You've erased it, it from your memory. It must be some kind of weird fanfic made by some, some it like, was, actually. fan. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but man, we just talked about Dragon Ball for a while. We did. It was a good. It was a good discussion. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good discussion. I, I don't know how we went there, but no, probably don't watch Dragon Ball with your kids. No, I mean it's it's too long and it's. If you if you are a man and you like that that I'm charging my laser and if you like that thing, I'd be like, yeah, sure. But usually, probably not. Probably not. I have a feeling that that, that that especially younger kids would be bored of Dragon Ball Z, even Dragon Ball Z that had a lot more action. I have. Uh, Stop trying to understand the minds of young people. Yeah. And like really, really young people. Because uh, they they watch like YouTube videos of people playing Minecraft all day and watch people play with toys and stuff. And I'm like, well, what? 
Why? And just play the game. Just play the game. Do stuff. I don't know. Eh. People yeah. are weird. But I guess we were weird to our older generation when we were growing up. Oh, God, yeah. They're probably like watching us watch like Dragon Ball, and they're like, what the hell is this crap? Where's Garfield? Where's, yeah. where's uh, Scooby-Doo? I think that's probably before our time. Yeah. It's, it's not a cartoon, Dad. It's anime. It's, it's, it's very serious. <laughs> They're like, okay, whatever. Go watch your Walt Disney. <laughs> <laughs> where's, uh, where's Mickey Mouse? Yeah. Where's, uh, where's, where's Donald? I don't, I, don't, I don't know any of these. Why is his hair all yellow? Yeah. It was it was black like a minute ago. Why this this cartoon makes no sense. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I was like Matt, I remember Matt uh, cuz Matt's never watched Dragon Ball and he's like, "Could you give me a summary of Dragon Ball?" And I'm like, "Sure." I was like, "You know Superman, right?" And he's like, "Yeah." I said Goku is Superman with the exception that he was sent to Earth to destroy it <laughs> rather than save it. Eh, very very similar. I think I think Dragon Ball to me will forever be much more interesting than Superman because Superman is always more powerful than his enemies, basically. And he's always handicapped because of something, right? Right. Because of one thing or another. But Goku is basically always weaker than his enemies. And through sheer willpower and just just amount of hard effort, he becomes strong. And I think that's a better lesson to learn than just be born strong. That's what Superman is. That's boring to me. Yeah, Goku is all about perseverance. Yeah, perseverance, and he has, just has the the kind of personality where he loses, he just gets more excited. You know, yeah. he just wants to fight. That's the whole Saiyan factor. I, I forgot what they call it, the Zenkai boost or whatever the terminology is. When the Saiyan is uh falls to a level where he's just about to die, he gets a power up, you know, mm-hmm. if he survives, yeah. and things like that. It's kind of indicative of what the show's about. And I think that show, and also like Roroni Kenshin, which I also adore. Um, one of my other names, uh, if if you guys know, like my Twitter handle is like Patosai J. Patosai obviously comes from uh, Kenshin, um, and I respect the series a lot because to me, the idea of a person who was kind of made an instrument of war, kind of like the way Kenshin was, where he was kind of used as as an, as an assassin to kill these people to maybe pave a better future for everyone. Was that the guy who has the arm cannon? That's guts, man. No, no, no. There's a guy named. You don't know Kenshin? Seriously? No, I don't know Kenshin. Okay, he's got the cross scar on his cheek. He's a swordsman. Red hair. There's a. Uh, I can't remember. My buddy, my old roommate, he had a like a character model uh-huh. of a guy named Ken, and he had a like a Buster arm. Uh-huh. I can't. I can't think of what what that was from. Are you talking like Kenshiro from Fist of the North Star or something? No, I know Kenshiro. No, his his name was Kenshin, but uh, the point is, like he after he after he kind of ushered in this new age, right? He said that he would never kill again, so he basically threw down his weapon and picked up another weapon, a reverse blade, where the edge that he strikes people is blunt and the opposite end is the sharp edge, right? And he took this weapon up to help people and also to, you know, uh, as a as a as a sign of vow to never take another person's life. And the things that he goes through during that series really taught me like a lot of like life lessons and stuff like that about being what it means to be strong, what it means to make promises to people. And I think that was a good influence on me. And just just through watching an anime show, uh, that's one of my favorites of all time. That's why I pay homage to it. 
in my name after all these years. Even though obviously, you know, um, this was you know how our names were like really made when we were young, you know. So and then we never really changed them because they're associated with so many things. We just kind of stuck with it. Yeah. I feel the same way about my username, but at the same time, I don't hate it because I, I respect where it came from. Uh, and uh, Ruin Your Kenshin, man, another, another great series. I don't know what. You should. Um, I think you would enjoy it, Ken. I think you would enjoy it. I'm because. Um, <laughs> huh? You call me Ken. <laughs> oh, my bad. Because we're just talking about Ken, I guess. Um, I think you would enjoy it because there's a lot of spectacular fighting. I think the the fighting scenes have actually aged very well. What does it take place? Like, like is it? It's like old time, old time uh, Japan, like, like feudal Japan kind of thing. Uh, a little, a little past feudal Japan. This is around the time when people were starting to just get guns from foreign lands. You know, okay. This gotcha. is during the time where there's a shift towards a modern age, right? Uh, and the the age of the samurai is at an end, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And this kind of like relic from the past is like uh, assassin, like last samurai almost. Minus the white guy, yeah. right? Uh, God, I can't believe they cast it. God damn it. last summer. But anyway, yeah, Ruin the Kenshin is great. Okay. It, it also features some movies, OVAs. Like even if you don't watch like the series, like watch the OVAs. Okay, they'll like they'll 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 make you see things. Ooh, it's brutal. Love it. I've seen uh, some like weird ass shit in my day as far as anime goes. One of them that sticks out to me, I saw it like late at night on Stars, and it was called Dead Leaves. You ever heard of that? Oh, I think that's the Korean animated one. Is yeah. that what that is? It was about a guy who had a TV for a head. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and he, there's he, like a prison escape. And yeah, stuff. they they were doing a prison escape. There's a okay, so I'm explaining this. There's a guy. There's a character in there that's helping them escape. How they're escaping is they're tunneling through the prison um, because there's a a prisoner there who has he has a drill for a dick mm. and so he's drilling underground with his dick yeah and there's a guy the main character has a TV for a head so I mean yeah it's, it's fucking weird and dumb. yeah it's, it's not what I was thinking of it's not it's not the Korean one but yeah I I, I don't think I've seen this one but um very stylistic. It seems it seems goofy, but that's the thing about anime. Like I said, there is literally an anime about everything. You want an anime about cooking? Sure. There's two seasons of that. You want an anime about basketball? You want an anime about like American football? Ice Shield? Yeah, that that exists. I Basically, like it. every sport, every hobby you can. There's a. I think there's an anime series about gambling and poker. Uh, there's an anime series. What's the most ridiculous possible thing you can think of? I think there's like a NASCAR anime too, but it's you know like not called NASCAR because yeah, cause, you know reasons. that that boxing one was actually oh dude, Hajime no Ippo is amazing. Yeah, that's, that's a favorite. fantastic yeah. one. <laughs> that's like like I I I hated the art style at the beginning, but boy, is that like a is that like a great show? Yeah. Um. Yeah, you name it. There's an anime series for it, and that's that's part of the beauty of it, you know. Yep. It's for it's for everybody. You just gotta find what you're looking for. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really good. <laughs> yeah, there's so many out there. I've watched a lot of them. Yeah, I mean, you know, neither of us are as big into anime as we were previously. Yeah. But I'm always looking out, man. Whenever enough people recommend one show to me, um, then I'll watch it. That's how I watch uh, Steins Gate. That's how it's uh, Phase uh, Zero, um, and all that stuff. And Attack on the- Titan. 
Yeah, Attack on Titan 2. And obviously One Punch Man, which was the latest big hit from Japan. Yeah, I haven't watched that one. Everybody was talking about it and memes were everywhere. But You should watch it. It's pretty great. Like, yeah. It's just watching for the spectacle of the animation alone. That's how good it looks. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's that that stuff belongs in a in a movie, much less a TV show. But um, yeah, just just keep your keep your ears open, see what people are really into these days, and uh, you might find some quality entertainment. Because Game of Thrones, man, <laughs> there's no new episodes on Sundays. I got, I had to find some new stuff to watch. So I've been downloading, trying you know trying out new stuff. So ugh, one thing to another. Yep. But I think that's uh. That's a good uh, way to end it. Um, All right. Emails. You can send an email. It's drew at ztgd.com. Um, I will read them out on the show. You can suggest games to us. Uh, our next game is going to be Rogue Galaxy. Um, nice. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, and then the one after that will be Danganronpa 2. Goodbye Despair. Oh, yeah. I uh, already have the game. I never erased it from my Vita. All ready to go, but I'm actually kind of considering maybe picking up the PC version. I'm not sure what the difference is. Do you mm-hmm. know? I, I I don't know. Uh, if they if they added like more voice or something like that, then I would maybe get that one. Cause um, I told the, I talked about the 999 and version slash reward coming for PC. Right, dude. They're adding you know voiceover lines for 999 on PC. Really? Yeah, that was a DS game. Now they're actually doing full voiceover. Dude, I'm not I'm, sure if it's I'm not sure if it's complete voiceover, but they're adding voiceover to that. I'm game. probably gonna play that entire series on PC then. Yeah, I think I I will have to play 999 and Virtual Slash Reward for the voice acting alone, uh, and obviously with the updated visuals, which looks a lot sharper. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting. Um, and uh, even though uh, the sequel to Dragon Rumpa 2, as far as storyline goes, is not gonna come out, it's, it's coming out in anime form. There is still a Dragon Rumpa 3 game. It just Completely new setting, completely new characters, completely new concept. So that, that's also coming out. That so so that game. So Danganronpa three is happening. Yeah, but it's not the uh, hopes end. Okay, so it has so it has nothing to do with. That's what the uh, they the directors has said. Okay, so that's it. They say they did want to finish the story of Hope's uh, Peak, but uh, they wanted to also go in a new direction as far as the storyline goes and concept because uh, the Danganronpa games have been about hope and despair. That's their main concept and theme, and that carries over throughout all the entries, but now they want to go with something different. Gotcha. So, Which sounds fascinating because I, I think these guys have like ridiculous amount of talent for storytelling, so I'm really excited for that. And obviously, I just recently reviewed uh, Zero Time Dilemma, which I thought was phenomenal. Yeah. So it's a good time to be a fan of visual novels, man. There Love you it. go. Uh, but yeah, uh, send an email to us. Uh, you can also follow us both on Twitter. I'm at DML Fury, and Jay is at Batusai Jay. Uh, and the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Uh, yeah. we, hopefully we'll be back next week with, uh, with more um, Trails of Cold Steel. Uh, I know I am going to be working on it this weekend. So I, I want you guys to beat that game soon, so I can discuss the ending with you guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see how that ends because you know after chapter five that shit ramps up, mm-hmm. and I'm 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 really excited to see where it goes from there. Two, two chapters to go. Yep, two more chapters, and then a I think a, an epilogue. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, um, that's it for us. Uh, Jay, thank you for being on the show. Hey man, pleasure every time. Absolutely, we have some good discussions, uh, and I hope you guys all enjoyed. Uh, and uh, we will be back. Um, 
I'm hoping next week. But until then, I am Drew. I'm Jay. And we're out of here. Hope you guys have a great week, and we will return with more Trails of Cold Steel. we'll blow this thing. Get everybody in the stuff together. Okay, three, two, one, it's jammed.